Masechet Kedushin Daf Mem He. We're talking about a case of a daughter, a minor, who goes ahead and accepts Kedushin without her father's agreement. And uh, is that effective at all? Uh, if the father agrees later, if not, uh, we last saw the opinion of Ola, who says it's not effective at all. If the father didn't do it, agree to it, and the daughter just goes and accepts Kiddushin on her own, it's zero, and um, uh, the, the, uh, there is no marriage, there is no Kiddushin there at all. We ask a question on that. Mativ Rab Hamnuna, En Mokhra Likrovim. Mishum Rabbi Eliezer Amru Mokhra Likrovim. The question is from a case of a father selling off his daughter as an Ama Ivriya, as when she is a minor. And in that case, um, the owner has the uh, the owner has a um, uh, an option to marry her or to marry her off to his son. Now, because of that, there's a Braita that teaches that a father is not allowed to sell his daughter to a close relative. Let's say, like his son, which would be her uh, brother, uh, because even though, yeah, the brother can own his sister, um, but there's no option when she grows up for marriage. Since there's no option for marriage, he says the sale as a, a maidservant also cannot be done. That's the, that's the first opinion in the Braita. However, in the name of the Bielazar, they said, you can, yes, the father can marry her off even to a close relative, and even though there won't be a possibility of marriage, it's called Yehud, um, where the owner designates her as a, as a wife, even though that won't be possible. Okay, so that option is off the table. But in the meantime, while she's a minor, until she becomes 12, she will, she can be a maidservant. That's to be Laza's opinion. Now, even though they disagree regarding a close relative, they agree that the father can sell his daughter, if his daughter is an almana, this is what we're going to analyze further, to a kon gadol, or if she had been married and is divorced, divorced and she's still a minor or she's a chalutza uh, to a kohen hedyot and then the kohen gadol or the kohen hedyot will be the owner of her even though the kohen gadol would not be allowed to marry her as no mana and and the regular kohen will not be able to marry her as a girushan chalusa nevertheless even though these marriages are prohibited if one uh, it's only prohibited as a love not as karet like like a a close relative would be karet so for a close relative, the Kiddushin would not be effective at all. In these cases, if now a Kohen Gadol or a Kohen did Kiddushin with such a woman who they're prohibited to, the Kiddushin does take effect. And therefore, there is theoretically a possibility of doing a Yod marriage. And even though it would violate a law, since it is a, a possible thing that one could effectuate, therefore a father is can sell his daughter uh, to one of these uh, people. Okay, hi, um, now, now we're going to analyze. How could you have a case of a, a young daughter who's an almana that the father then would sell to the Kohen Gadol? If we're talking about a case where for the first marriage, the father had married her off with his consent, so then, is he allowed to sell her? We have a rule that a father is not allowed to sell his daughter as a slave after he already married her off. You can't go from a higher status to lower status. And so he already married her off to, this, to, to some other guy. 
that guy died, so now she's an almana, so you're not allowed to sell her as a slave after. So that can't be the case. Rather, must be that the father didn't marry her off. She went and did Kiddushin for herself. And even though she did Kiddushin for herself, we don't consider that to be nothing, like Ula said. Rather, we consider that marriage to be valid. Such that when the husband dies, she's called an amana, and she is uh, would be prohibited to a kohen gadol. You see from here that a minor daughter who does marriage on her own is considered a marriage, um, and that is against Ola. Answer: Amarav Amram, Amar Rabbi Yitzchak, Hacha bekidushei Yehud, Ve'aliba Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yehuda, Damar Ma'ot Arishonot, Lav dekidushin nitnu. And so uh, Rav Amram says, name of Rabbi Yitzchak. We're talking about a Yehud case where the father had sold her his his daughter originally as a maidservant. He sells her as a maidservant twice. Uh, the first time he sells her as a maidservant, so that's permitted. And then the owner does you designates him designates her as a wife, and that's why it's an effective it's effective kiddushin. And then he dies. So then she is an almana, and uh, she's an almana. And the father then would be permitted to marry her off again as a shivcha because he did the first time around he didn't marry her off as an almana uh, as a. Uh, he didn't marry off as Kiddushin, as for Yishut, but rather as a maidservant. And you can do Shivchut Achar Shivchut, you just can't do Shivchut Achar Ishut. This answer would only work according to the Biyosebe de who says that the original sale price, the original money that the owner gave to the father, does not become uh, money for Kiddushin. The other opinion says that once the owner does Yehud, so retroactively that money that he paid for the father becomes Kesef Kiddushin. According to that opinion, that original sale, even though they had in mind for Shifrut, now turns into Ishut. And therefore, when this owner dies, that, 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 that was already Ishut, and he would not be able to sell her as a Shivcha. So we're not going to follow that opinion. Instead, we'll follow the opinion of who says that the Kiddushin is effectuated by the remaining time of her, of her uh, service as a Shivcha, whatever, there's uh, you know, an hour left or a day left um, to her service. And the owner says, you know what, in, in lieu of the service, I will uh, grant you that you don't have to work the rest of the time. And uh, with that, you uh, will um, uh, give yourself over as a wife uh, to me or to my son. And so uh, the original uh, sale was, remains a sale of Shivchut. And then if that owner dies, then the since the, you can do shifrut achar shifrut, so that would be the the case. With this answer, we have no problem explaining this braita, even according to the opinion of Ola. Okay, next we go back to Rav, who in the same case of a daughter who goes and accepts Kiddushin on her own, he disagrees with, with Ula. He thinks that there could be a possible a Kiddushin here, uh, because if the father agree, would, would later would say, oh yeah, I agree to that, that's fine, um, then the Kiddushin would be valid. And therefore, in order to get out of it and to cover all possibilities, she needs a get and also mi'un. Okay, now we're going to complicate this one step. Itmar, 
מת ונפלה לפני אחיו ליבום. אמריו הונה אמריו, ממאנת למאמרו, ואינה ממאנת לזיקתו. If a girl accepts Kiddushin without her, her, her father's permission, and then that husband, or you know, potential husband, dies, and they have no children, and then she falls to the brothers uh, for, to, as a Yevama, to do Yibum. So, what will be the consequences if she wants to now get out? You know, what does she have to do? So, uh, Rav says it depends. If he does Ma'amad, Ma'amad is, a, is the situation where one of the brothers gives her money as Kiddushin, and says, you are designated to me, I'm going to do the Yibum uh, with you. Um, it's the same uh, uh, ceremony as Kiddushin, and so if that, uh, such that if there were uh, no brother before that died, and you just did Ma'amad, it would be the same as Kiddushin, it would effectuate Kiddushin. So one of the brothers de- does Ma'amad, and then she wants to get out of it, she has to do Mi'un, she has to do refusal. Um, if not, if none of the brothers did Mi'un, and she wants to get out, then she does only has to do chalitza as we will see. So now we're going to explain, explain this statement of Rav is really terse. Let's see what it means. Kesad. When Rav says that she needs mi'un, he actually means in addition to the uh, other things that she will need. So, uh, once again, she gets uh, does kiddushin without her father's permission. The guy dies, and one of the brothers uh, says, "You're going to be. I'm going to do the boom with you." And now she wants to get out. She needs a get and halitza, and also she has to do refusal. Why all three? She needs a get because maybe the father, forget about the first guy, the father did not agree for her marriage with the first guy. So that was nothing. That guy died, so she still is nothing. But now a, some guy happens to be the brother-in-law of the guy that uh, was before, but that guy doesn't matter because his kiddushin was nothing. But now this guy, this the, one of the brothers, comes and does ma'amad, which is the same thing as doing kiddushin, gives her money and says, you are mine, and she... Um, and she she accepted it, and the father agreed because he likes that guy. So now she is she there is kiddushin with that guy. So to get out of it, that requires a get. Like any case of kiddushin, to get out of it, you need a get. But she still would require chalisa because perhaps the father did agree with the first marriage that she accepted on her own with that original guy, and so she was married to that guy. That guy died. Okay, so that uh, that marriage is over, but that creates a zika that she has to be with the second uh, with one of the brothers in order to get out of that. Like any regular case, she has to get chalisa. That's why you need Hadisa. So that takes care of the either or. But Sricha Mi'un Shema Lontra Sahaav Lobikidusherishon Velobikidusheshini Vyamru and Kidushin Tovsin Ba Ahota. But she still has to do refusal because maybe the father did not want the Kidushin from the first guy, nor did he want the um, Kidushin, the Ma'amad, from the second guy. And in that case, she was never married to either of these two guys at all. Now, since if she was never married to any of the two guys, technically, if the surviving brother uh, uh, that uh, uh, that did me that did the ma'amar, 
uh, with her, um, if that he if he would go and try to do kiddushin with this girl's sister, then that would be a good kiddushin because he never had any relationship with the first uh, the first sister who um, who went through this ma'amad, uh, and so therefore he could marry the other sister. However, people will say will look at this and say, wait, she got to get. So if she got to get, that means that this guy was married to the first sister, and then if, therefore if she tries to do Kiddushin with the second sister, that Kiddushin will be null and void because you can't allow to be married to two sisters. And if you're mar- were ever married to one sister and she's still alive, then the Kiddushin with the second sister is null and void. So people will think that that second Kiddushin will be null and void. But in fact, it could be that the father never agreed to either the first or the second, and therefore that Kiddushin is good. So you need Ma'amad as an indicator that that get was not necessarily needed. Um, and it could be that there was uh, never any uh, connection between this woman, uh, the first woman, and the and this brother, and therefore it could be that the kiddushin will be valid if he goes ahead and does kiddushin with that sister. That explains why we need all three in a case where there is ma'amad. What about when there's no ma'amad? Lo sabamad bilbad. With no ma'amad, then all the they survive. The the brother who who uh, who outlives his uh, the deceased brother has to do is just chalisa. Why? My amart. Tibaye name meun, shembayo medu en kidushin tofsin bachota, hakol yodim, achot chalusa, dirabanan. If the father accepted the first Kiddushin, so then she was really Mikodesh to him. That guy died, and now she really has a Zikah to the brother. Okay, did Chalitza, and so that would be a regular case, so the Chalitza is taken care of. The reason that we might be worried is if the father didn't accept the first Kiddushin, and therefore there was really nothing there. And now the second guy does Chalitza, so people will say, oh look, she got Chalitza from the second guy, I guess that means they were married. And then if he, the, that surviving brother, would do Kiddushin, with the sister, people would think it's not a kiddushin. Therefore, you should require mi'un, right? That's what you're worried about, and you should require mi'un, right? So that people say, oh, maybe the kiddushin will not be effect- effective if he goes and does kiddushin with the sister. But you don't have to worry about that because everybody knows that the sister of a halusa is only prohibited midrabanan, right? If you have two sisters and one, uh, some guy did halisa with one of the sisters, so he's prohibited midrabanan to go and marry the other sister. But because it's only only Midrabanan, he shouldn't do it, but if he does it, the Kiddushin will be valid. So therefore, even if the father didn't accept the first Kiddushin, and there was never anything here, and therefore the Chalisa was for nothing, and people will think uh, that, oh, she's a Chalutza, so what? So if people think she's a Chalutza, and he goes ahead and does Kiddushin with the survive with the other sister, the Kiddushin will be valid in no matter what. It's different from a case of divorce. Uh, the, when they were fully married and there was and there, uh, uh, and there, and, and there was a get or possibility of full marriage and a get, in which case that would be a prohibition midoraita and that kiddushin that would, would not um, be valid. But in case of halitza, the kiddushin is always valid. Uh, giving this law that a uh, man is, 
if if he tries to marry a sister of someone who he was married to and divorced, then that's prohibited midoraita, and therefore the kiddushin will not be effective. Whereas if he marries a does kiddushin with a sister of someone who he did chalisa with, even if he required the chalisa, that's only a prohibited midrabanan, and therefore the kiddushin would be valid. Now we have an interesting case of a father who tries to marry off his son without the son's permission. Yeah, these two uh, men, his two fathers, are uh, drinking wine under a poplar tree in Bavel. One of them takes a cup of wine, gives it to his friend, and says, I want to offer you you offer Kiddushin for your do- that your daughter should be Mekudeshe to my son, right? He's kind of uh, giving on behalf of his son. Here is wine, and therefore, Hare, uh, your daughter was Mekudeshe to my son. Now, for the father of the daughter, oh, this is a possibility, assuming it's a minor girl. Yes, the father of the daughter can marry off his daughter. Um, however, what about the, the, the son? Even according to Rav and Shemuel and the previous uh, couple of Dapim, who say that if a daughter goes and accepts Kiddushin without the agreement of the father, we still have to worry that maybe the father afterwards will say, you know what, I wanted that, and therefore it's a good Kiddushin. Even according to them, Ula, remember, uh, uh, disagreed, and said, no, it's not good according to, it's, not, it's not, nothing at all. But even according to the ones who say, yes, we do worry about that, in this case, we, when the father does, does it on behalf of the son, it's certainly no good. A son, a, a, a man, has to, a groom, has to give the Kiddushin himself, he has to know it and want it, and if the father goes and does it on his behalf, we don't worry that, uh, we suspect that, well, the son wanted it, and therefore retroactively, yeah, the father's action is good. No, this is a zero, and the two fathers, right, they can make all the plans that they want, but without the groom actually being there, nothing was effectuated by the giving of that cup of wine. But the rabbis challenged Ravina. How do you know? Maybe the son appointed the father as a messenger. Um, although a father can't marry off his son, but anyone can appoint a messenger, and the son can appoint any any friend, anybody. So maybe he told the, his father, "Listen, Dad, I, you know I like uh, that girl. I, can you be my shaliach to offer kiddushin on my behalf to that girl's father? And then that would be okay. And then maybe we should worry." about that and the answer is no nobody is so uh, uh, brazen uh, disrespectful to appoint his father as a shaliach nobody goes to the father and says hey dad can you do me a favor can you uh, go uh, pick up some milk for me you don't ask your father to go and do favors for you you can ask a friend right? but you don't make your father a shaliach but then we ask, wait a second, maybe the father said, you know, I really like that girl. Maybe the father said, I want to, right? I really want to see you married. I like that, that family also. I'll take care of it. I happen to be going out for wine. 
uh, with the father of that bride and uh, I'll, I'll arrange it and I'll do it. So maybe the father wanted to and offered to be a shaliach, in which case there's no disrespect. So maybe we have to worry that that, is, that was the case and therefore they would be married. And Ababa Shimi explains that no, he, heard from, he heard from Ravina explicitly that he disagrees with Rav and Shemuel fundamentally, even in the case of a minor girl who accepts Kedushin without her father's permission. If the father later would say, oh, I agreed to it, um, Rav and Shemuel says we suspect that uh, there is Kiddushin Ola said we do not and Ravina agrees with them and that's why uh, since he already uh, uh, disagreed with Rav and Shemuel in that case certainly in this case we're not concerned that oh maybe in fact the son had agreed to it uh, they, you need the parties themselves the, uh, the, the responsible parties in the case of the groom has to be the groom himself has to be there we don't assume mother that he appointed a shaliach in in the case of the girl, the father has to be has to agree to it, and we don't assume that oh the girl did it, but the father would have um, uh, would have agreed to it had he been there. Uh, so uh, just like we know for sure, he doesn't agree with Rav and Shemuel. So that that's the reasoning behind, uh, right? Because otherwise, if you agree with Rav and Shemuel, then maybe you would have to suspect, right, that uh, the father uh, had spoken to him about it, and he said, yeah, I'd like that girl. I want to appoint you. So. Uh, if you suspect in one case, you would you would suspect in the other case. But Avina did not um, follow that suspicion uh, in either case, and therefore uh, there is no kiddushin in either case. Alright, a funny story of uh, some groom and he did Kiddushin with a woman, uh, with a girl without his, her father's consent with a bunch of vegetables, right? He took uh, uh, some, uh, a bunch of carrots and said, with these carrots and he did it in the middle of the shuk, in the middle of Machane Yehuda. And Avina says, even according to that other opinion, which he just doesn't agree with, but even if you followed Av and Shemuel, who say that you know what? In such a case, when the father, when the daughter agrees without the father's consent, we have to suspect that maybe the father would have consented, and therefore you're going to need a get and miun and all that. Even according to them, in this case, you don't have to worry because no father would agree um, if it was give, given in such a degrading manner. Only if it was in a dignified manner, and they went to a, a proper place or one of their homes, and he gave her a coin, a ring, something, but a bunch of vegetables in the middle of the market place no father would say oh yeah that's i would have agreed to that nobody would let their daughter be degraded like that it's a question uh, to Ravina. Where, where exactly is the degradation here? Is it because he used vegetables? Or is it because it was in the marketplace? The difference would be, let's say he gave her money and it happened to be in the middle of Machen Yehuda. Uh, or let's say he gave her a bunch of vegetables, but it was in a house, right? So which is the key factor? And so the answer is both of them, right? Either or. Here, this guy did is, is worse because he did both. A bunch of vegetables in the marketplace. But truth is, either one by itself would be degrading. And uh, there we could we would assume that the father would not agree. Of course, if the father agrees and she agrees in a regular case, you can use vegetables if they're worth a peruta. And also, it doesn't, really, doesn't matter. You could do kitushin anywhere. But the, the point here is that, you know, how, what are, what's our assumption of what a father would be okay with? No, even a father 
who was not there present, uh, where we assume that he would want his daughter to be uh, get a, a offered marriage in a proper way in a house with money. Okay, another fun story. Uh, there's uh, two parents and they have a daughter and they're arguing. The father says, I want my daughter to be married off to someone in my family, right? One of his, uh, whatever, his uh, um, you know, brother or whatever. And she says, no, I want her to be married off to someone in my family. And they're fighting about it. And the mother wins, right? And so finally they agree. She pressured him. And finally, they agree, okay, we're going to marry off the daughter to someone in her family, her, whatever, a cousin. So now they make a party, they make an engagement party, but they didn't do Kiddushin yet, but they're going to, you know, they invite everybody over uh, so to um, uh, to celebrate, and then sometime during that party, the Kiddushin will happen. Uh, so who arranges the party? It's the, the father. He's the one that is controlling uh, the money, and so he uh, pays for a party, and he brings everything, and while they're eating and drinking, and they're you know, waiting uh, to, to do the Kiddushin uh, with her family. Um, in the meantime, one of his relatives goes up to the roof and does Kiddushin with her, right? He kind of jumps the gun and does Kiddushin at this party where she's supposed to be ma married to someone from her family. Now, what do we do? Uh, what do we assume? What would the father think about this, right? Would the father say, well, you know, I wanted it to be my family all along, so that's okay. I agree to this Kiddushin, or does he know how upset his wife will be? You agreed to it, you made a party, and then you double-crossed me. Okay, so what's the case? The Jewish people do not do iniquity nor speak lies. And if the father agreed to the mother that it'll be someone from your family, from the mother's family, he's not going to lie and take back his word and say, you know what, uh, I'm happy they did this Kiddushin. No, the father's going to come and say, how dare you go up to the roof and marry some other guy? And he'll say to his relative, how dare you go and give Kiddushin to her? I do not agree to this. It's null and void. And therefore, we don't have to worry anything about that. Um, that's Abaye. Rava agrees, but for a different reason. Uh, he says a person is not going to take the trouble of preparing a meal, either paying for it, or maybe he's doing the barbecuing and, and uh, preparing the food. A person is not going to do all that uh, for nothing. Meaning that when he is, because he agreed uh, with his wife that she would marry someone from her side, and so he prepared the whole thing. That means he really, really did agree, even though he argued at first. Now he agreed that it should be someone from the mother's family, and therefore he's not going to uh, to accept someone from the father's family coming and uh, um, and uh, and giving the kiddushin uh, because that that's not what he made the party for. Okay, so they both agree. Now, my benahu will be a practical case where there could be a difference between Abaye's reasoning and Ava's reasoning. Let's say he didn't, the father didn't make the party. Some friend went and he threw the party and did all the work, and the father just showed up. So, according to uh, Rava, since he didn't make the party, and so it doesn't show that he totally accepted, so maybe we have to worry that, in the back of his mind, said, oh, one of my relatives did it? Yeah, I'd be okay with that. And so maybe he would uh, change his mind and double-cross his wife. But according to Abaye, 
Um, uh, no, once he agreed, he's not going to go back on his word. He's not going to ma- ma- make his word a lie. And even though he didn't spend any money in making the party, nevertheless, he's going to be honest in his uh, statement that he said to his wife. He agreed that all he, that his daughter would only marry someone from her family. And then, and so even if he didn't make the party, the um, he would stick to his word. And the kiddu, and that offer of kiddushin from the, someone from his family, is in fact null and void. So far, we've been talking about cases where a minor girl goes and does kiddushin without her father's permission. Now we're going to switch over to nisuin, and the father of a minor girl also has to agree to the nisuin. So what happens if she does nisuin on her own? So the father was around for the kiddushin, he agreed to it, and so that the Kiddushin is for, for sure valid midoraita. However, then he goes away on a trip, and in the meantime, she does Nisuin, right? Whatever that is. Uh, she does a Chupah. Um, they go, they, they're living together. Is that valid? Amar Rav Ochelet Rav says, yes, it is valid. And uh, the proof is that she can eat Tiruma. If, if she is a Bat Yisrael and the husband is a Kohen, she can start eating Tiruma. You can only start eating Tiruma from the time of Nisuin. So yes, we assume the Nisuin is good until, unless the father comes back and protests, then he'll say, no, I never wanted this marriage. Okay, then they'll have a problem. But as, since he's away, we're assuming that he agreed to the Gidushin, he would agree to the Nisuin, and so she can eat Tiruma in the meantime. Uh, however, Rav says, no, do not let her eat because the father's away. But maybe when he comes back, he's going to say, I never wanted this to be Nisuin, whatever, even though he agreed to the Kiddushin. Maybe he doesn't want the Nisuin now, he wants him to get married at some later point. Maybe he changed his mind, whatever. And so, and then it'll turn out that the Nisuin was not a Nisuin, and she was eating Teruma before, while she's not married to a Kohen. And so she's a Bat Yisrael married, eating Teruma, and that would be a problem. So no, do not let them. Even though Rav disagreed with Rav Aseh, when an actual case came, Rav was respectful to Rav Aseh, and he ruled according to Rav Aseh and said, okay, maybe don't, don't eat Teruma, because maybe the, the father will come back and protest the marriage, and therefore Rav did not follow his own ruling, he gave deference to Rav Aseh. Amar Rav Shemuel bar Rav Yitzchak, Umodeh Rav Shemeta Eno Yorsha, now, even Rav, who says that we consider them married while the father is away, they even he would agree that if she dies in the meantime, that the husband would not inherit her. Normally, after Kiddushin, she still retains the right to her, uh, the, her family would still retain the right to her inheritance if she dies. Uh, it's only at Nisuin and on, then the husband would inherit her. So in this case, even though Rav says she can eat teruma, um, uh, uh, so sufficient, you know, we assume that the father would agree, and so that's sufficient of an assumption that she can eat teruma, but it's not sufficient for monetary things, because in money things we say, leave the money in the possession of its owner, the previous status quo owner of the uh, rights to her inheritance is her family, and therefore the husband would have to prove that the father had agreed to it, would agree to it, before he can extract that money 
And so Rav makes a difference between Tirumah law and monetary law. Okay, though that case before was when the father is away. But what if the father is in town and she does Kiddushin with the, not with the knowledge and acceptance of the father? So the Kiddushin is certainly good. But then she goes and does Nisuin, right? She moves into his apartment. Um, uh, and uh, without the father's agreement, even though the father's in town, and he doesn't say anything. How should we construe his silence? Ravuna says she cannot eat teruma, no marriage here. Ravir Meabaraba says she can eat teruma, it's okay. Why? Ravuna Amar ena ochelet afilu rav de Amar ochelet hatamhu de la iteleav aval hachad iteleav haide ishtik mir tach ratach. Ravuna says she cannot eat in this case. He, and even he says even Rav would agree with me. Even Rav, in the previous case, when the father is away said, we can assume the father would agree, and she can eat terumah. That's only because there's no father around. And so he's not around, we assume he, he would agree. But here, where the father is around, and he didn't say anything, why, what, is, what does his silence mean? Because he's so angry. How dare you go and, and do nisu'in without my agreement? He's so angry, he won't even speak to her. He doesn't agree to it. And since the father doesn't agree, they are not married. And so... Uh, according to Rav Huna, Rav, even Rav would agree that in the case where the father is in town and is silent, there is no marriage and she cannot eat teruma. Uh, however, Rav Yirmiya Baraba says the opposite. Amar ochelet, she can eat teruma. Afilu Rav said, Amar ena ochelet hatem hu deshem ayavo abiyavimche, avalachamid deshatek itnuche itnechale. Now Rav Yirmiya say, say in this case, she can eat. He says, even Rav Aseh, I would agree with me, even though in that case, when the father was away, Rav Aseh said she, can, um, she cannot eat because maybe the father will come back and he'll, and he'll protest. But in this case, the father is, is around and he was silent. Why was he silent? Because he's okay with it, right? Maybe he would have preferred, oh, you know, you could have come and asked me, but you know what? I'm really fine with it. I, I accepted the Kiddushin um, and you went and did the Nisuin. And uh, if he protests, well, then we know he would say something if he was upset about it. For the silence, we can take as acceptance. And so therefore, even 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 Ravase, who says she cannot eat when the father is away, if the father's in town and they go and do Kiddushin without the father's knowledge and he doesn't say anything, then they uh, then uh, according to Ravir Miyabat Abba, everybody would agree that she can eat. Okay, interesting. Now, next case, Nit Kadusha Shelolidat Aviha, Veni said Shelolidat Aviha. She did the Kiddushin and the Nisuin without the consent of the father, and the father is in town. What about that case? Uh, this is interesting. Ravuna Amar Ochelet. Ravuna says she can eat. Now, this is curious because Ravuna said over here that she cannot eat. Uh, in the case where the Kiddushin was with acceptance, but the, but the Nisuin was not, Ravuna says no good. And yet here, when there was no acceptance, not even for the Kiddushin, Ravuna says it's a good marriage. We'll have to see why. Rav Yirmiya makes more sense because he says in the previous case where there was the Kiddushin was 
with with permission so it definitely was kiddushin and the father just only objected to the didn't say anything uh for the nisuin so that there would be Baba says she can eat we assume that the father had agreed to the kiddushin and so he was quiet so we can assume that he agrees to the nisuin that makes sense there and it makes sense if the father didn't agree even to the kiddushin then they cannot eat because there was no 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 we're not sure what the father thought if he didn't agree to if he didn't say anything about the kiddushin or the nisuin we cannot assume that he has agreed to it just because he's quiet. So it makes sense, right? You can eat in Ochelet in the first case, but not in the second case where the father did not even agree to the Kiddushin. So now we have to analyze Rav Huna further. Uh, he says that the statement of Rav Huna quotes Pasuk and Mishle is like vinegar to teeth and smoke to the eyes. It's very bothersome what he said. If in the case where for sure there is the, there is Kiddushin Doraita because the father agreed to it and there Rav Huna says she cannot eat because maybe the father did not agree to the Nisuin and maybe the fact that he's quiet is because he's so angry. So if in that case where there is definitely Kiddushin she cannot eat we do not assume the Nisuin is good so all the more so should be here where the father never even agreed to the Kiddushin we're not even, not even sure it's Kiddushin. All the more so, there is no, we should assume there is no Nisuin. She should not be able to eat. Um, rather, he says, it seems like the student should is the preferable opinion. was like a student compared to Ravuna. And even though, you know, we usually the teacher would know better. Uh, so, Ula uh, says, uh, this to, I, I can't understand what Rav Huna is saying. However, comes to save the day, we have to save Rav Huna. He said something, right? He must have had a good reason. Here's his reasoning. Since the father did not agree, didn't say, didn't agree, and didn't say anything when she did Kiddushin. And then he's uh, also, he didn't agree and didn't say anything regarding the Nisuin. She's being treated like a, a, a Yetoma, like an orphan in the life of her father. So even though her father's alive and in town, the fact that the father is completely ignoring his daughter means she takes on the halacha as if she's an orphan. A minor girl who's an orphan, if she goes ahead and accepts Kiddushin without her father, she doesn't have a father, that Kiddushin is effective. And that's why we say in this case the Kiddushin is effective. If the father is around and he agreed to the Kiddushin, so she's not an orphan, right? He agreed to the Kiddushin, but the father did not agree to the Nisuin, and he's quiet, maybe that means he's angry. So there, she has a, a legal father, and the father, uh, we suspect, is angry and does not accept the Nisuin. That's why Rav Huna said in that case, she cannot eat. But if the father is an absentee father and didn't even give the Kiddushin, then uh, you see the father is out of her life, and she can be treated like a like an orphan. And that's why, in this case, she can eat teruma. We assume her own kiddushin and nisuin is effect uh, is effective. Uh, it's a beautiful sugya to see how the statement of Ravuna uh, was so confusing to one uh, one uh, sage, but then later on Ravas says he could figure out the reasoning. Although it's paradoxical and counterintuitive, now that you hear it, right, it makes a lot of sense. Baruch Adonai Amen.